Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. is better than this just a couple of guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast i am kyle krabs director of scouting at ndt scouting lead draft analyst at fan rag sports and i am joined by the assistant director of scouting joe marino uh joe has been given a new title with a new show so joe congratulations how does it feel to be the a director oh man uh, it's it's the fulfillment of a lifetime kyle bucket but, list uh, those, items here you know bucket list i mean this is stock crazy up. man uh, stock up stock up man it's uh good to uh continue to grow with you to grow with ndt scouting and man we have some exciting stuff in the works ooh, and ooh. uh starting things off here with the draft dudes podcast man what is better than this dude i don't see i now i'm in dude mode is it, we're just going to be duding out here on, on Draft Dudes. And, um, yeah, th- this has been something that's been in the wraps for you know, about a week now. We've, we've been, you know, minding our P's and Q's and, and getting all our ducks in a row. And uh, we're really excited for, for this show. Uh, for those of you uh, who have listened to us in the past, uh, just know that uh, 
We will be a Monday, Wednesday, Friday production. Uh, You'll get us every other day of the week. We're really looking forward to continuing to be a constant resource for you guys, uh, although it will be in a different availability than you may have been accustomed to in the past. But as Joe mentioned, we have a lot, a lot of stuff in the works, and a lot of that is thanks to the fine folks at FanRag Sports, who we would like to thank uh, for getting us set up on on this platform. And, uh, you know, Joe, I think this is a nice chance uh, for anybody who's, you know, listening through FanRag, speaking of them, uh, that might not be super familiar with us, like, this would be a good chance for us to just kind of set the table. You know, we're, we're still before the Combine, so we're still fairly early in the draft process. Uh, just kind of let everybody know, uh, whether you're a, a first-time listener to, to Joe and myself, or a, a, a well-seasoned listener going all the way back to when we started, uh, way back when, uh, who we are, who our guys are, what, how we conduct evaluations, and just make sure, uh, starting fresh, that, that uh, everybody knows, you know, who Joe and Kyle are. Yeah, I mean, I think that at our core, we are film guys. We are guys that just love to break down uh, film and watch these players and analyze everything about them and work through our evaluation system to rank them and and do our very best to produce the best scouting reports that we can with as much work that we can put into it. So uh, at our core, we are film guys before we are anything else, you know, podcast guys or, or whatnot. But um, uh, we've had uh, some success here, and, and um, you know, it's exciting to see us be able to communicate with everyone in so many different uh ways and and now this podcast is going to be a big part of our regular coverage uh for the nfl draft which will be year round on fag fan reg sports so a lot of exciting stuff coming up here can i cut you off yeah what is this new fad i don't know if you've seen this or not but there's this this fad going on with like guys on quote unquote draft twitter uh that say film doesn't matter Mm. have you seen this I feel like, I try I, I feel to like a Jerry Seinfeld stand-up yeah. skit. Right? Hey, have you seen this? What about this? But no, I, I, <laughs> I swear to God, they're, they're, film is a negligible piece of translating college prospects to the professionals. There, I've seen it four or five different times from four or five different people, and it just blows my mind. Like, How can you think that? Yeah, it blows my mind too, Kyle. I'm, I think all of my positional groups – 70% at a minimum of their entire evaluation is their film score, what traits they show on tape. So uh, I think you actually had a tweet that uh, really resonated with me. You were kind of talking about this, and you had said, well, the film puts them in their tiers, and then all those other variables, their athletic scoring, their size, their production, their background, and those types of things – then sort them within those tiers. So I don't know what else you're using besides film to get these tiers. Yeah, and you were right. It me, hot take guy. Um, <laughs> that that was, you know, because there's a lot of general conversation that I have with people that are trying to, you know, get a grasp on, on how to put together an evaluation system and, and how to va- value. Because it's like analytics with, with football in general, right? There's so much information out there that unless you know how to quantify it and use it, uh, you might as well be staring at Egyptian hieroglyphics. Like, I know if Pro Football Focus handed me just a printout, and I'm a NFL head coach who's been in the league 20 years since I was, you know, 
30 years old, and they, they handed me a pro football focus uh, raw data sheet of you know advanced statistics and, and you know, third down statistics and, and uh, heat maps for quarterback passing. I'm going to look at this and I'm going to say, okay, like what do I – and it's the same thing with draft evaluation where you know, 40 times and, and vertical jumps – and height, weight measurables, and hand size, and all this stuff, and people talk about, oh, well, so-and-so measured at nine and one-eighth inch for his hand, so that means he's going to be a fourth-round pick. Like, it doesn't work like that, right? Like, you have to be able to quantify all the data, and, you know, as you said, the the best distinction I can make is film is going to determine what tier you're on. You know, your top tier is your blue chip players, then you have your day one starters that you expect to be very solid contributors and and, and pieces of your roster for multiple contracts, and then you get into uh, maybe developmental players, developmental quarterbacks, uh, specific role players, and then as you get down into day three, you start talking about special teams players and uh, camp bodies after that. So, like, that, that is the general hierarchy of... Watching film and being able to quantify a player. Now, Joe and I, uh, Joe, you're new to this, but I've been doing this for a couple of years. Uh, we actually put a number on that too, and I don't want to get too deep into that today. But you're absolutely right. Where that number for your film score establishes your baseline. Okay, you're going to go up or down you know, a little bit from here, and it's just going to sort the deck. So I, I think that's really valuable for folks uh, that are, are trying to figure out how to quantify all this data that's out there. Yeah, and I think that's what both you and I have done with our evaluation system. Uh, we have similar but different uh, systems to uh, give a numerical score to each player where we are quantifying every piece of the evaluation. So every bit of it from the hand size to uh, for a quarterback, the hand size to their pocket skills, to their arm strength, to their whether or not they were a captain, their injury history. We've found a way to quantify every piece of it, score them, and at the end of the the system, we'll spit out a number and you stack your board from there. And uh, I, I don't know how else to do this. You know, I, I, for years and years and years, I've been that guy that'll watch, you know, three, four, five game tapes, look at the stats, read some biographical information, and say, well, that's a second round pick, or that's a fifth round pick. I don't know how you can do that. There's no consistency and you're putting every player through the same consistent scoring system. And at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's the best way that I've found to get a, a true board that's consistent with what you value based on how you quantify each uh, part of the data for the evaluation. So uh, we are numerical scoring guys. I think that is important for the people to know as they uh, listen to us talk about the NFL draft for uh, three times a week now. Preach. Preach. Uh, do you um, want to get into who some of our dudes are in this draft class? Yeah, I mean, of course, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the people got to know, right? Like, that's what they're here for. Yes. So, like, do I go first here? Or? Well, you know who my first one's going to be, so you might as well just go ahead and get your first one out of the way. Man, I, you know I can't Don't. just say one. Oh. oh, yeah, this is all right. If you're a new listener to Joe and myself, no, <laughs> if we're taking turns doing something, Joe's going to double dip like four times. <laughs> and it's a good thing we don't record in person together unless we're at the senior bowl, uh, because I would slap him upside the head because he he loves these double dips. So go ahead. Take take three guys. Let him know. <laughs> Man, I you know, I don't like to be like. 
Okay, you know what, Kyle? I'm going to go against the narrative. I'm going to give you my dude, right? My dude's Reuben Foster. This is the highest film score that I have on any player in this class. I don't see anybody trumping him in terms of what I've seen on film. I mean, you want to talk about a face of a defense. You know, this is a guy that's going to be that one. He's going to uh, be that, that field general in the middle of that defense, and I just love the way he plays. He's a, one of the most physical football players I've ever seen. He is fast to flow. He reads his keys and gets to the football. Uh, he finds his way through traffic. He has speed and range. Uh, he can get out to the sidelines, get out to the numbers, and make plays. I just love everything about this guy, and, uh, you know, <laughs> It's uh, it's weird to say like a linebacker, inside linebacker is a top five pick, but my goodness, he is so good. Like he's just my dude, and that's what I'll say. Reuben Foster, I'll keep it at one, is my dude. Yeah, it's not weird when it's Reuben though, right? He's <laughs> he makes it easy. Stud, dude. So um, good. All right, so on three, Joe, we're gonna say my first guy. All right. All right. On the E in three, don't don't start on the TH. On the E and three. Okay, I got you. One. I'm here for it. One, two, three. Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. Wow, that was really delayed, huh? Um. <laughs> yes, Mitch Trubisky. Um, I wrote a piece for FanRag Sports of all places. Um, I believe it was early October. And it was right after that stretch of two games where Mitch pulled off fourth-quarter comebacks against Pittsburgh and uh, Florida State. The big one was Florida State on the road. Um, and I, you watch those games, and it's very apparent, okay, this is a professional-style passer, can work within the means and confines of the pocket. He's athletic, can extend plays. The arm ability is there. He's a limited starter, and I will put that disclaimer on it now because I like Trubisky's film a little bit more than I like Deshaun Watson's as far as my QB 1-2. But again, they're they're in the same tier, so I would not be surprised at all if Deshaun Watson ends up being my top quarterback with numerical scoring because he's more experienced. He's probably going to test better. Uh, there's give and take on both with their, their height weight measurables. Trubisky's going to be shorter than we think, and Watson's going to be lean. Um, the, and their productivity is comparable uh, as far as their per-game production. Uh, so because Watson has more experience, and I quantify that with a numerical score, don't be surprised if I turn around in April and say, Deshaun Watson's my QB1. That does not mean I don't love Mitch Trubisky and he's not my guy. Uh, and I think part of it is because... He, I watched him so early on in this process, and it was like, that guy's got everything I want in a quarterback. And it's just made me so fond of watching him uh, throughout the season and, and play very well uh, in spite of some rough stretches. And, you know, people want to knock him for five losses when NC or UNC only had three losses the year before. Um, you know, I, I think Mitch has done a terrible job on defense. You know, his tackling really needs to improve, and uh, he let a couple interceptions slide through his hands, and uh, you can kind of get where I'm going here, Joe. Yeah, and, and can we go ahead and just get the whole, like, Virginia Tech monsoon hurricane thing out of the way? Like, do not at Kyle with... Don't do it. <laughs> with gifts <laughs> Don't of, do it. <laughs> of Mitch Trubisky against 
Virginia Tech where he's playing in a freaking hurricane that closed down North Carolina. I live in North Carolina. You couldn't throw football in those conditions. So if you are weighing your evaluation based on what Trubisky did in that game, uh, you're doing it wrong. So just get that out of here. Thank you for for stamping my brand. I appreciate it. <laughs> Go ahead. Give me, give me I another gotta, dude. Oh, man, I got to get another dude. Jamal Adams, LSU safety. Wow, you're you racking know, all the top three picks here. Really I, going out on yeah, the limb here. Look, man, these guys are so good. Well, I'll, I'll go off the grid for my next one. But John or, uh, Jamal Adams, I mean, he's right there in terms of an Eric Berry, uh, Sean Taylor caliber prospect entering the league. Um, it, he just does everything, right? So he's physical. He can cover. He can line up in man coverage, in the box, in deep zones. He takes great angles to the football. He tackles well. He creates turnovers. I mean, he checks every box uh, that you want in a safety. And in this NFL, what he's able to do, the the versatility that he has, and the ability to do so many different things offers your scheme so much more multiplicity. Uh, I just love, I love what he does just because of what he can do, like outside of, of all the great things about him, just what he can do for your scheme is so exciting, and then the playmaker that he is that goes along with that is, is oh, man, he just gets me excited. And then kind of like what I said with Reuben Foster, right, we don't talk about linebackers, the top five guys, but, man, safety is not another position that we talk about there, and he's a guy that I like a lot. And I'll give you a little bit of a hot take on this because there's going to be people that will tell you that Malik Hooker is a better prospect. And I love Malik Hooker's ability uh, to cover ground. I like him as a deep zone defender, but I think the rest of his game is very long. Like, I don't like his, the way he tackles. I don't like his physicality is inconsistent. Um, and, and I think that a lot of his, um, a lot of the big plays that he made moving forward were kind of schemed up a little bit. So I don't think he's as, uh, as quick to process and his reactionary skills aren't quite where Adams is. And I think that those are in different tiers where a lot of people are going to tell you Malik Hooker is the better prospect. But I am Jamal Adams all the way. Dude, that's not a hot take. Here I was, I was like putting my oven mitts on. I'm like ready to handle with care. And no, Adams is the best safety prospect that's come through the draft process in like the last at least five or six years, right? No, that's not a hot take, but people are telling me that Malik Hooker is Ed Reed, and I'm like, pump the brakes, yo. Okay, well, they're wrong. Just let them be wrong. doesn't make your take a hot take. Fair enough. All right. TJ Watt. Let's talk about TJ Watt. Another one of my dudes. I know this is more divisive uh, than, than I thought about going Taco Charlton here, and I thought about pulling a Joe and double dipping, but I'm just going to talk about T.J. Watt. Uh, Watt, to me, I'm really impressed with the polish that he shows as a, just a two-year player on the defensive side of the football. Uh, Watt is obviously the younger brother of J.J. Like, we have to get that out of the way. Um, he He's a 3-4 outside linebacker. You know, I, I think you'd be miscasting him, putting his hand in the dirt. Uh, he does not have the functional strength to do that and be successful in that capacity. But as a stand-up guy, he's got nice movement skills. He was originally a pretty highly regarded uh, tight end recruit uh, before switching over to uh, defensive end after sitting out a year with a knee surgery. And um, just the way that he gets into his run fits um, – you know, call me a sucker for, for old-school technique, but you know, he's got more pop in his hands than you would expect for a guy that's probably going to weigh in at like 245, 250. Um, he can move pretty well. He's not the most loose. He doesn't bend like Taco or, or 
uh, Carl Lawson. Uh, he's not twitched up like that either, uh, but he's got a great motor. Uh, he, he hits with power with his hands. Uh, he, he's very deliberate with everything that he does. Just a really cerebral football player, a guy that I don't think gets a lot of love from a lot of different avenues, although I do, I do know for a fact some big draft guys have him in the uh, 20 to 40 range on their board. So that is encouraging to see because those big draft guys, they're much more about forecasting the draft as compared to actually analyzing the players. Kyle, I'm going to give you one of my dudes here, and it's not going to be a bonafide top 10 guy. But for me, if anyone's followed me over the last eight, nine months, you've heard me talk about this guy, and that is Pittsburgh offensive guard Dorian Uh, Johnson. You know, I almost took him. Oh, well, thank you. I almost just took him. Well, I appreciate you leaving him dangling there. I'm going to take it here. Um, You know, we talk about this offensive line class all the time and that it leaves a lot to be desired. Well, I've got a plug-and-play guard for you in Dorian Johnson. He entered Pittsburgh, a highly uh, recruited offensive tackle. Uh, He played guard for, uh, for the Panthers, and he plays with that type of foot speed on the interior. Uh, His ability to slide and shut down gaps as a pass blocker and his functional anchor to to set that depth of the pocket very consistently is exciting. He's got pop in his hands, uh, and then it's the movement skills, his ability to get out in space and and seal at the second level and work out towards the boundary and make blocks uh, on the outside. And uh, I really love his timing, right? Like He has such a great understanding of the scheme and where the ball is going to go and when he needs to uh, release at the line of scrimmage to get to the second level and the timing and the combo blocks. You can just tell he just gets it. And um, I, I really appreciate all those little nuances that he brings to the table combined with the movement skills and the power and uh, I think that, you know, when you look at today's NFL with all the zone schemes and your ability to work your feet and work your hips around and uh, and create space by ceiling and, and just getting your body in the right position, I like that movement skills quite a bit. And uh, he's a guy that, uh, you know, you're not hearing a lot of people talk about, but uh, someone's going to draft this guy in the top 50 and they're going to have them a decade starter at guard. Let's... Uh... Let's go to defensive backs here. I got a defensive back we got to talk about. Joe, any guesses who my dude's going to be right now? Oh, man, a DB from Kyle? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Uh, oh, Sidney Jones. No. No, no? I, I, okay. didn't, I didn't want to go mainstream. Okay, you wanted to do the opposite of me? Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I got to be an individual. I can't be a follower. Okay. Um, Corneller from University of Miami. Um Corn had, I think, one of the best uh, 2016s on tape from a defensive back that I saw this year. Uh, more specifically, I'll, I'll say cornerback. Uh, the safety class is on a different different stratosphere. But Corn, um, man, if you're playing cover two, Shell, uh, he's he's got to be up there on, on teams' boards if you play a lot of cover two, Shell. Um, distra- he, he weighed in at the, at the Senior Bowl at 5'10", 179, so he's tiny, but he's uh, he packs a punch at, at 179 and 510. He's really physical at the line of scrimmage. He's one of the better corner tacklers in the class. Um, I like him in that cover two shell because you do have him spending a lot of time with eyes in the backfield, keying backfield action in the flats. 
know, that gives him a great chance and a great opportunity to step up and be really assertive and be a force player uh, in the run game and either make that ball carrier bounce into the sideline, cut back into pursuit, or try and go head through you. And he's a reliable enough tackler that you, that not too many guys are going to be able to just run right through him. Um, his zone overlapping skills, I think, also really stand out as far as being one of his plus traits. Uh, his spatial awareness and, and understanding of route combinations and knowing uh, if a play's extended, for example, uh, checking for that late crosser coming from the middle of the field that's trying to tuck in behind him and knowing, okay, the quarterback's flushed my way. He's not a running threat. There's nobody holding me in the flat, so I'm going to sink. There's been three or four occurrences in tape, specifically because I can remember right off the top of my head where he did that exact thing, where he, he holds, he holds, he holds his water, he picks up a late crosser, drops off, challenges the football. Or, you know, you'll try and high loam. You'll run a, a corner and a flat route, and he'll squat on that flat route until the quarterback cocks his arm and declares where he's going with the ball, and then he'll flip his hips upfield and drive. And Florida State, again, another great example. Uh, He did that exact move laid out at full extension for a pass breakup that looked like it was open by, uh, I don't know, like eight yards. He's he's just a really nice reactionary athlete on the boundary. Uh, Love his ability to step up and be a force player, contribute player in the run. If you play... uh, Press man, turn, and run coverage, uh, you're going to hate him. He, he's going to be a slot guy for you. You're going to think he's limited. Uh, he, he's going to be much lower valued player. But, if you, again, if you play a lot of you know, corners in the flats, cover two shell, you know, you got your two high safeties, you got your corners sitting in the flats, you get to let your linebackers worry about the middle of the field. If that's your base coverage, Corn Elder can be a very productive football player at the next level. Believe it or not, I'm going to talk about a running back as one of my dudes. And what everyone is going to learn pretty quick about me is that I'm that guy that says you don't take a running back in the first round because I can get 90% of that player in the second or third or fourth round. So uh, just understand that about me. I'm, I, I'm a, I, under, I undervalue the positional value of a running back. So Kyle and I will have some friendly banter on that throughout the, the course of uh, us talking draft. It's going to come up from time to time. But uh, I'm going to go against the narrative here, and I'm going to talk about Kareem Hunt, the running back from Toledo. I really like what I see here. Uh, I like his vision. I like his ability to string together moves uh, when he's in the hole and, and already anticipating to the second level. His balance through contact is, is just outstanding. Uh, the way that he can continually pick up yards after the catch or after the after contact, excuse me. Um, he re- never he never goes down on first contact. He generally makes that first guy miss, and uh, I think he blends that with some some baseline receiving ability. Uh, I think he can work inside and outside the tackles. He's a little shiftier than you expect him to be, and I like his power. You know, he finishes runs well. He always runs with good pad level and forward lean, and uh, he's going to challenge tacklers with power. So, uh, you know, if you don't get the Leonard Fournette or the Dalvin Cook in the first round, you need a running back. Well. Uh, check out this Kareem Hunt from Toledo who had an outstanding uh, Senior Bowl game and practice week, and uh, his stock is up, and I like him a ton. All right, here's the deal. I got I got one more dude. We're each going to do, uh, uh, oh, what's it called? You know, uh, 
one right after the other. Okay. Help, help me out. What's that called? Take turns. A, a duel? Not, uh, not a duel. It's like you name a name, I name a name. Uh, just so we can get it all on the table. Because I got like ten names in my back pocket. But I don't I don't want to keep the fine okay. folks sitting at home listening, you know, on the edge of their seat for too long. So I'm gonna talk about David and Joku right. from Miami. Uh red shirt sophomore is going to blow up the combine. Uh, I had the chance to go down early November to a pit Miami game in Miami and um had a chance to see Njoku uh gracefully front flip over two other human beings into the end zone. Uh, and that was when it was like, okay, let me check this guy's eligibility. Oh, he's a redshirt sophomore. Let's put him put a star next to this name. Uh, he makes it impossible to ignore just how physically gifted he is as a receiver. Um, he's really, really rocked up. He's strong in the open field. He's got a nice second gear. He's not like Evan Ingram fast, but he's got a second gear. He will be a nightmare for linebackers with his speed and a nightmare for safeties with his his physicality. He's much bigger than 90% of the safeties that he's going to see at the next level. Uh, so don't try and cover him with a nickel because you're going to have a really hard time getting away with that. Uh, red zone presence is strong. Uh, it runs some fairly polished routes would like to see him continue it seemed like the light bulb went on as we got deeper and deeper into the year Uh, but using that size to his advantage at the top of route stems uh, once you started seeing him realize like oh yeah i can get hip to hip with this guy and give him a little hand check as i get into my break a lot of space and a lot of space with a player that size and that explosive uh, means a lot of run after the catch just ask west virginia go back watch that game uh and Joe, I think you gave him a little bit of credit, which I was glad to see uh, for his blocking efforts. He he gets dogged for it, but I think some of it's misplaced, and I believe you agree. Yeah, no question. I think it's easy to say, oh, well, he's a athletic pass-catching tight end, so obviously he can't block. Well, that's lazy. Watch the tape. The technique's there. The willingness is there. Uh, I think that he has baseline ability to block in line with the upside to improve his core strength and become a good blocker. So don't go with that narrative. He can he, he can hold up in line as a blocker. All right, so a fire round, right? Give me a name. Yeah. Uh, Obi Melifonwu. Obi Melifonwu. Nate Peterman. Uh, I like um, – oh, Nate Peterman was a good one. Hassan Reddick, Temple linebacker. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Ryan Switzer. Uh, Eddie Vanderdose, UCLA, defensive lineman. Uh, Josh Reynolds, wide receiver, Texas A&M. Jaleel Johnson, defensive tackle. Oh, oh that was one of mine. <laughs> uh, Al-Kadeen Muhammad, uh, formerly defensive end, formerly of University of Miami. Man, I need to get to his tape. I'm excited he's, to see him. Uh, player. Uh, okay, uh, Alvin Kamara, running back, Tennessee. Uh, Florida linebacker, Alex Anzalone. Ooh, nice call. Nice call. Um, let me go Texas running back Deonta Foreman. How have we got this far into the show and not talked about Alabama safety Eddie Jackson? Ooh, that's your guy, man. Yeah, I know. He got injured and everyone forgot about yeah, him. Yeah, it's weird. It's just like you, you get hurt, you miss six games, and everyone forgets you exist. Well, he's a good football player. Uh, are we still rolling here? Yeah, I got one more. Okay, I got one more, too. I'll go ahead and drop mine. You looking for an offensive tackle? Check out Troy's. Tony Garcia. He had a bad senior bowl, but I think his tape's really good. Man, I thought for sure you were going to go Jordan Leggett. 
man, I did his tape. And <laughs> we we need to talk a little bit about Jordan Leggett. Uh, I still like his hands. Uh-oh. I st- oh, tell me you're coming around. <laughs> I still like his hands. I still like his ability to find space and zone. And when he flips the switch on, I think he's a really nice player. But when you watch him on a snap-to-snap basis, oh. there is a lot of laziness. There's a lot of laziness as a blocker, as a route runner. And uh, uh, you just question you know, you know, question how much he wants it, just based on some of the effort I see at times. Because you know he's got the frame. You know he can do it. You know he can move people, but he just doesn't want to. And, and he, when he needs to make a play, when he He's the primary read. I think he turns it on. But from a snap-to-snap, uh, you know, consistency, he's bad. So um, backpedaling a little bit there. Oh, but I still, Joe. <laughs> Joe and I have butted heads about Jordan Leggett for the past three months. And, and I've been the guy that's down. So it, But I will say this in Joe's defense. Uh, and, and I know Joe and I have talked about this uh, pretty much at length as well. It's funny. You could, wa- you could sit down on a Saturday yep. and watch a game, right? And, and you'll see flashes and you'll really like what you see from a guy. Um, but then you'll go back and you'll sit down and you'll watch five, six, seven games in succession of the player. And you really get a chance to really ingest some of the, these, the trends that you see. And it totally changes your perspective. And I'm assuming for Joe, uh, that's what this was for you, was was sitting down and you watch and say, oh, okay, he's doing this like every single game. This is a problem. Yeah, exactly. And I think in our own discussions, you made the point that it's kind of like watching a TV show or or a movie and you you know, you watch it, and the second time you just kind of pick up on all those details because you kind of know what's going on, and you can focus more on some of the secondary things. And um, you know, there's a big difference, like you said, there in 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 season watching games. To okay, I'm going to focus on you every single rep for five, six, seven games. And sometimes uh, the stories are a little bit different. But the true the true test is what they look like on that snap to snap consistency across several contests. Uh, I got I gotta just say Taewon Taylor, right? That's that's my my other dude. He's in my top five wide receivers, Western Kentucky. If you don't know his film, please check out his film, and you can at me on Twitter and thank <laughs> me afterwards. Yeah, Taewon uh, Taylor's been uh, Kyle's guy for a while, and seems like a lot of the other uh, NFL draft analysts out there have not come around. So uh, let's just uh, we'll have something to monitor to see how he shoots up boards when people actually take the deep dive on his film. So uh, that is going to wrap for us here on the first uh, episode of the Draft Dudes podcast. We are so excited to be launching this thing, and uh, we are going to be back again for you every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and uh, talking NFL draft. So so get on board. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you're following along with Kyle and I. You can reach us on Twitter. Kyle is at NDT Scouting. I am at the Joe Marino. We have a Facebook page. We're new to that. We are getting that rolling, so we'd appreciate it if you would come check that out and give us a, a like. We are uh, Facebook.com slash NDT Scouting. So keep it plugged in. 
We are going to work our asses off to give you the best NFL draft coverage we possibly can. And we have a lot planned. So so keep keep yourself plugged in because you're not going to want to miss it. Because Kyle and I are really going to try and redefine the way that the NFL draft is covered. And, uh, and you're going to be along for the ride. So hit that subscribe button. Give us a follow. And we'll be back again for you on Friday. Signing off for Kyle Krabs. I am Joe Marino. And this is the Draft Dudes Podcast. Who would have thought? Who would have guessed? An energy company helping drivers pump less. Improving efficiency is our ongoing quest. At ExxonMobil, it's what we do best. Energy lives here. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.